Welcome back to another episode of the Wu Chow Chronicles podcast. And if you've been listening, you know that the last remaining um, interviews that I have are all from my family over at Reflective Music. And today, my co-host is Miss Katrina Valine. Okay, so make sure you get her name straight. What's up, Trina? Hey. Hey, thank you so, so much for having me. How are you, girl? I'm wonderful. I'm wonderful. Um, Yes. 2020 has been a mess, but at the same time, I've been doing all right, so I ain't gonna complain. Okay, we still here to enjoy the end of it. Absolutely. So. How are you? How's everything you do? I, you know, I don't have no complaints. 2020 That's actually it. was really great to me, so I'm just kind of like, well, you whatever. You know what? Thank you. Since you <laughs> said that, I feel like I could say that too. Oh, yes. It was actually pretty good to me. And yes. I feel bad saying that in certain company because 2020 was not great for a lot of people. Yes, so. 2020 wasn't great for people. So when I hear people complaining, I don't say anything. Because exactly. I remember being that girl in 2016. There I you had go. a lot of stuff that was just, I got demoted. I had money issues. Oh, I had all kinds of stuff going on. I was like, I hate 2016. It all started with that damn Harambe that ate and my life oh, girl, downhill you- after that. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, what's going on? And now I'm just sitting back and right, 2020 sucks. And I'm like, well, actually. Right. And, you know, just got to keep that tucked in your pocket. You don't want to brag too much. Yeah. But so I'm like, okay, at the I'll same time, acknowledge your blessings. Like, you know, exactly. we're good. I'm good. Exactly. So. But for the people who don't know who Miss Katrina Valley is, give them a little something. Tell them who you are. Absolutely. So, again, my name is Katrina Valley. A lot of people just call me Trina. I am a vocalist, uh, originally from the south side of Chicago, now living in the south suburbs. And my role in Reflective is that I am a background singer slash hook singer, ad-libber type. That's pretty much my role. Okay. Um, I have been working with Reflective since 2014. Mm-hmm. I think 20, yeah, about 2014. And um, I've had the opportunity to perform with several reflective artists. Um, they brought me on officially in 2015. Um, I've been on quite a few recordings. Um, again, just as background harmonizing stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then this year, actually, uh, before, like right before and shortly after COVID shut everything down, I got started. <laughs> I've been writing my own stuff and I got into the studio like two or three times and got some stuff recorded and then the world shut down. And I'm like, all right, well, you know, I'll wait. Right, you know, like I'll I'll wait. I'm not in a rush. I I very much love background singing. Like that is really what I want to do professionally. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, a lot of singers, vocalists, Ideally, they want to be either in a group or their own solo artist or whatever. Girl, I, I love background singing. I love blending. I love right. harmonies. I love singing with other people and hearing my voice mesh with other people's voices. It's just something about it. I just, girl, I backtrack I a little that. bit. Thank you. I grew up in a choir, like most people who sing. And 
you know, just hearing the different parts come together has always just been so beautiful to me. Yeah. And I'm very much a supportive person. Like, mm -hmm. as an individual, that's really my role in my family and my friend groups or whatever. I'm in the background cheering, go you what you need, how can I help? I'm not really a spotlight person. Um, that is so, so interesting to hear. Thank you. I, I know very much so the spotlight person. Really? I don't <laughs> be like uh-uh she didn't do that i did that <laughs> so let's be very clear give me a credit see but that's, that's okay so, though that's okay because everybody has a role to play i was gonna say everybody and i think exactly and i think it's important that there are people like me who i'm fine being in the background like you need that support you need as a a live performer or whatever like you want that support and you want a person who's happy with what they're doing like right. some people and i've seen it since I've been working with Reflective, fortunately, nobody in our circle really is this type of person. But mm -hmm. just seeing other camps and how they move and operate, you can see the background singer trying to outsing the foreground singer or the main artist or whatever. And it's like, now that's a whole different story, Chad. Exactly. Like that's not that's. that's I've been in, I've been at concerts and I'd be like. Why she doing so much? Like, why oh, she doing now. so much? Like, like, all right, bring it down first. Right. Just bring it down. That is so interesting. Okay, so you said that you've been with Reflective officially since 2015. So how did that relationship develop and blossom into what it is now? It's, it's actually pretty dope. So I was already connected to D2G. Okay. Um Again, backstory, I used to work at, I went to and worked at Radio DePaul. Um, and I'd met D2G a handful of times just working at Radio DePaul. He'd actually been a guest on our show. Um, we had quite a few mutual friends mm -hmm. and every so often we'd run into each other. And in about 2011, 2012, something like that, um, I was cool with acquainted with this uh collective of artists called the robot army and they were also connected to d2g and so i got reconnected to him again and that's when he found out that i sang and so really what happened was they had a show reflective had a show that was coming up a showcase and they were looking for a soprano background singer if i'm not mistaken mm -hmm. and so Earlier that year, it all, the time and everything was just awesome. So earlier that year, I had just literally started posting myself singing on Instagram. Like, wow. just exploring, seeing what opportunities might arise, whatever, sharing my voice. Like, all right, I sing, I want to sing. How are people going to hear me? So D2G, knew that Reflective was looking for a background singer, went to Andre, who's the CEO, like, hey, this girl would be perfect. He played a couple of my videos of me singing on Instagram. And at first, Dre was like, I don't really know if that's what we're looking for because a lot of the videos that I posted or that DCG had played had been in my lower register. Um, and they were looking for a soprano. Mm -hmm. So D2G went through my Instagram and found a video of me singing Love on Top by Beyonce. Woo! And it was funny because at the time I was taking vocal lessons, the video was from my uh, vocal school's recital. And it was funny because, girl, I'm the grownest person in this recital. It's a whole bunch of things or whatever. And so my dad came, my grandma came, and they recorded or whatever. So I posted it on Instagram. DCG saw it, showed it to Dre. Dre was mm -hmm. like, yes, that's her. I met the I met the fam, 
clicked with everybody immediately, jumped right in, and we've been rocking ever since. It's been pretty, pretty dope. It's been an awesome experience. It's been nothing but love, no, no drama, no BS, no whatever. Yeah. And it was really easy for me to just dive in and um, to toot my own horn a little bit. Girl, and I also beat. feel... <laughs> I also feel confident in saying because I get that reassurance from Dre a lot is it was really easy for me to just jump in because I have a nice range. Mm -hmm. So if they need a soprano, Trina, can you can you do this? If they right. need an alto, Trina, can you do this? If they need a tenor, Trina, can you do this? Like, mm -hmm. I got it. Yes, I can. And so it's been pretty awesome. Wherever I'm needed, just give me what I'm supposed to say. First of all, that just speaks to the level of talent that you have, that you're able Thank to cover you. all those registers. Because, baby, <laughs> I didn't heard some people like, no, I'm a soprano. And then they sing, and I'd be like, no, ma'am. Not to be a soprano. But sure. Now, not. listen, what's so funny <laughs> is I did not realize this. Like, my vocal teacher, mm -hmm. she was always talking about my tone. Okay. And how much she loves my tone. And with the vocal lessons that I was taking, I got to choose the, the songs that I wanted to work on. Just, you know, work on my breathing and stuff like that. Like I had certain things that I wanted to work on. I wasn't even thinking about range at all. Like right. that just wasn't something that came into my mind. And working with Reflective is what was like, hold on, how you get all the way down there? Girl, what you doing all the way up there? Like, yeah. oh, I didn't know that that was a thing. Yeah, like or that, a thing that I could do, right. and I didn't realize it. So it's, it's been pretty dope in that working with this collective has even helped me realize stuff about myself and my own talent and my own capabilities. Because you know, girl, I'm I just want to sing. I know that's right. She yeah. like listen. I just want to sing and be happy. I do. Sing. I don't want exactly. none of the other stuff. I just want none sing. of it. Just want to sing. I do. Sing with some so, other people. Make it sound good. Yes. So the one thing I love about my city, because I'm definitely going to rub my city, the south side of Chicago, I feel like it's filled with all these hidden, talented gems, right? Like, we hear all of the Chance the Rappers and, and the Kanye's and the Commons, yeah. and we, we get those, but I don't think people really understand the soulfulness of Chicago singers, and I don't think people get it. I completely agree. I completely agree. Chicago, with it being such a big and diverse city, mm -hmm. still gets kind of pigeonholed for rap. Yes. Like, Chicago has a huge rap scene. It's undeniable. Absolutely. I mean, big artists come from Chicago, uh, underground artists that are crazy talented. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I was one of those people. I had no idea the talent when it came to singers and R&B here in the city. I had no idea. Yeah. And once I start singing with Reflective, I'm meeting just like insanely talented people. Like, girl, where you been my whole life? Like, Where it, you been my crazy. whole life? Yeah, like I had no idea. You know, we we at uh, the shrine and refuge and, you know, you just hearing all of these voices and it's just like, oh my goodness. Why isn't this a, a well-known thing like you mm -hmm. got those handful of people like the selena johnson's and stuff that come out of chicago oh, and I, well, I mean selena johnson technically she's not from chicago but she's chicago adjacent so we gonna yeah take it. um she claimed it though like, there you go chicago. you know we, we, we gonna take it we gonna, we gonna take, take it. it um 
But otherwise, you don't really hear about the vocal talent here in the city. And it, girl, it's here and it's serious. It's here. It's it here is. and it's heavy. Um, I grew up in the city, so for me, it was kind of. It's always been kind of. Um, I know all of the singers, right? Like, I'm not the singer, right? Like, I can hold okay. a note, but I'm not your singer. Like, you're not gonna come to me and ask me to say nothing. Um, <laughs> but my friends know, like, oh, she can hold a decent little note. Like, we can do it for a sound check. Like, I'm that friend. Okay. Okay. But, <laughs> but to know that, like, I went to Columbia, so we were like, we were college, we were college sisters, technically, yeah. like, right next door to each other. So going to Columbia is like, to me, that was just like a, a further branch off for me of all of the singers that I had been uh, made privy to. I'm like, mm-hmm. damn, like, and to me, it was the complete opposite. I was like, oh, we got all these singers in Chicago and then you got like these few rappers. And then when I finally got into the music scene for real and like interviewing people and figuring out what's going on, I'm like, we just, Chicago not getting the credit for the music that we actually represent here. I don't like it. Completely agree. <laughs> I don't like it. Give well, us our credit. That's, that's what we doing with Bootshot right now, right? Come <laughs> on, Trina, tell them, girl. <laughs> that's what we doing right now. And honestly, that's part of what I was doing with Radio Nepal, but that's probably why I was so aware of the rap scene. Right. Because me and my co-host, we focused on hip-hop, underground hip-hop, local Chicago artists. I didn't realize until oh, yeah. years later, like, now they singing, singing out here. Right. And it's everywhere, so. Everywhere, and undeniable singing. It's not like a, you know, oh, I can hold this one. No, it's people out here giving Jasmine Sullivan a run for her yes, own ma'am. riffs. Yes, So I'm ma'am. like, <laughs> okay, yeah. tell them where it really is. Real quick, real quick. It's not yes. a joke. It's not a game. And I'm just... I like being where I am again, kind of sitting in the background and seeing, just waiting on people to blow because you know what's coming. Yeah. You're seeing all of this talent, you're seeing their vision, you're seeing them putting in the work. Like mm-hmm. it's got to come. It's coming. It's, it's coming. the it's the um, it's the gratification mm-hmm. of knowing that I was there in the background cheering for you. So now yeah. that I see you go from level one of people not knowing who you are to level five of every, like you got a buzz to level yeah. 10 that now you you didn't went viral. Like yeah. to me, that's like, oh, why, you know, I had a little something to do with this. You know, and like, you this know. Is, and I'm gonna sit back here and like, like you said, be humble about the fact that I watched you grow. Like that yeah. is super dope. But it I do is. wanna talk about you singing. Um, as far as you said, you started in the choir. Like, how young were you singing? I started singing in the children's choir of my church. I was probably like seven, eight, something oh. like that. Um, like a lot of folks, grew up in the church. Grandma was taking us to church. <laughs> um, and it did not matter if we could sing or not. Like, that didn't have nothing to do with it. Grandma, mm-hmm. like, you, you went in the children's choir. Grandma had us doing everything at church. Okay, so you say it doesn't matter. It didn't matter if you could sing. Yeah, to my grandmother. Yeah, no, my grandma had us doing everything that there was to do in church Mm -hmm. without it being overwhelming. Like we weren't those kids that had to be at church all day, but Mm -hmm. we were going to be involved. So if it was some Easter speeches to be spoke, we was doing it. If it was some (laughs) Christmas programs to be a part of, her four Mm -hmm. grandkids, we were in it. So uh, it didn't matter if we could sing. Fortunately, me. It was, it's me, my sister, and my two cousins, uh, a boy and a girl. And um, we all kind of grew up with my grandmother. Mm-hmm. She took us back and forth to church, whatever. Fortunately, all of us could hold a note. 
Um, that's so important. we weren't up there. <laughs> well, that didn't matter. To, listen, my grandma didn't care. You were gonna get up there, and if you couldn't sing, just move your mouth. You're not gonna embarrass her What's either. They used, tell her, they used to tell her to say watermelon. Water, uh huh. There you go. Just move your mouth, and that wasn't even good enough. You had to know the words. <laughs> You just don't sing that loud if you can't sing. But grandma, you like, you there. gonna be up there. Don't fall Girl, asleep in the church so choir, none of that. You gotta do it. So I was in the children's choir for, I started about seven or eight. So I was in the choir till about 12, 13. Mm-hmm. And then um, there was a, a shift in leadership at my church. So we didn't have a children's choir for a while. And then, but by then I ended up in the choir at school in my high school. So I was in choir for two years in high school and then I transferred high schools and that second high school I went to actually didn't have choir or anything like that, which was Damn. pretty whack, but you know, it is what it is. I didn't realize how much I loved to sing until I was in choir in high school. Mm-hmm. And that was when, you know, high school, you get the chance to show out. Show. And I'm like, oh snap, this what we doing? Okay. okay. Right. <laughs> that is so funny. because. The thing is, too, like, that makes me actually think about, like, the recent stuff that we have going on with the, um, especially here in Chicago, but I'm sure this is going on in every major city, is the the funding being cut from these schools. And they're yeah. losing these art programs. They're losing music. They're, lo- they're mo- yeah, losing art. And yeah. all of these other art-based programs that, you know, people use to have their outlets and to absolutely about themselves, like, I was in the choir in high school. I was on um, in our little bit of debate program in high school. I was, I did all of those things, but I also learned so much about myself in those programs. Exactly. And I feel like without those programs, I wouldn't know that I'm low key, um, fake shy. Like I wouldn't have known that. I wouldn't have known that I fake got. And I say fake because once I'm up there, I'm fine, right? There you but go. Like, mm-hmm. Behind the scenes, I'm sweating, palms yeah, sweating. Nervous. I'm like, Lord, don't let me forget something. <laughs> like, I want to learn those things about myself if I hadn't had those programs. So it definitely makes me feel for these kids who may not necessarily be able to experience. You know what I feel like? Maybe our generation might have been the last to experience. It definitely does seem like it, and it's really unfortunate because, like you said, it's not it's not just city of Chicago. It is it's a lot of major mm-hmm. cities that are facing uh, defunding, funding cutbacks, and all of this stuff. And it is like for a lot of students, that might be the one thing that they're looking forward to in the school yeah. day. Like, okay, math. I, I, you don't have until you get to a certain level of math, you don't have a lot of ability to be creative with math. It is what it is. Two plus two is four, and that's that's what it is. it is. You don't have a lot of ability to be creative in certain sciences. Again, until you get to a certain Our level level, where yeah. you know you're able to manipulate mm-hmm. ideas and stuff like that. And I used to teach, and I can I was a math teacher, oh. and I can say for certain, like some of my kids, like they they were dying to get to art class. Like, mm. don't nobody care about what Miss Harris got going on in math. Like, <laughs> we going to art when let's get to art class (laughs) and it was it was an opportunity for them to express themselves to Mm -hmm. find their creativity to find their voice and it's frustrating when you see the powers that be really try to devalue that like that's very very valuable that's important and it's important to like you said your learning experience as a whole 
It is. No, you can't monetize it. Well, actually, yes, you can. Like, we are artists, so we're finding a way to monetize it. But okay. it's not a traditional way to monetize your skills. Right. So it was like, oh, you don't need that. When at the end of the day, absolutely these kids need that. Mm-hmm. Um, not being able to express yourself in any way at all for seven hours out of a day. Like, <laughs> seven hours out the day, sitting still. First of all, that's not normal. Mm-hmm. And at all it's not normal and and i i obviously i'm a mom and mm-hmm. i've had conversations with teachers like ma'am i sit at my computer for eight hours do you think i sit there for eight hours straight so why not do you expect my child to be able to sit in one space you know for two and three hours at a time i can't do it and i'm grown not at all so exactly. why do you expect him to be able to do it you don't have all of that energy and adrenaline exactly. rushing through your body that like a four, five, six, seven-year-old does. Like, and we didn't load them up with sugar boat. and sent them to school. We didn't get them Lucky Charms and all this other right. stuff. <laughs> you expect them, how? How they go sit down? Right, and they supposed then, to sit down. Exactly, but then on top of all of that, everybody's not good at those things. Everybody's not good at math. Everybody's not good mm-hmm. at math. Everybody's not good at science. And every classroom, I guarantee you, there's a couple kids that you will find who are amazing at some type of creative mm-hmm. art. Something. Yes. And so for you to just kind of be like, oh, we're going to get rid of the art. That might be the one thing that that Mm -hmm. child might know that they're good at. I know I can sing. I know I can draw. I know I can create volcanoes. I know I can create websites. Like that might be the one thing that they're good at. And you're taking it away. child's confidence is way up there. And you're like, oh, that ain't important. We don't need that. We can't afford that. So you're just going to sit down and do this multiplication sheet. And it's like, girl. No, no. This, and I strongly believe that every person has an artistic talent. Mm-hmm. Now, whether you know what it is or not, whether you had the opportunity to explore it or whatever. Yes. Uh, like that's that's really a privilege now that mm-hmm. like you and I, we had the opportunity to sing and choir and to explore and know, okay, this is what I'm good at. But I strongly believe every single person has some kind of artistic talent. And for us to take that away, take the opportunity to explore and learn it away from students. It's, it's really unfair, for lack of a better word. It's, it's doing a disservice to students. It really is. And I, I feel like um, as our generation grows older, uh, we become more valuable in the conversation. Um, oh, yeah. Because now, at first we didn't have a conversation. It was just kind of like, oh, people doing whatever they want to do. We didn't understand mm-hmm. the, the value of our voice. Right. Um, but now we have we're in the age of social media and technology and our voices are powerful and once we say Very something so. this generation can make or break your political career. This Absolutely. this this generation can make or break whether or not you feel on that school board. And yes, so man, now I, I love feel it. like now they listening. Now they like, okay, yeah. wait a minute. <laughs> the the millennial parents said that they still want these art classes that we better think mm-hmm. it out, otherwise superintendent exactly. ain't gonna job. So it was like, just like you better figure it out because mm-hmm. that that board member, that uh, statesman, that alderman, they don't want to be yes. that one to go viral or to their face to be plastered all over somebody's social media saying that they're the reason why their district or whatever is not doing it's well not or that their well. students aren't, you know, successful or whatever. You're mm-hmm. absolutely right. And it's not even that we're part of the conversation at this point. We're leading the conversation like. Exactly. This is what we demand for our children. This is what mm-hmm. we demand for our students. And I'm not taking no, we don't have the money for it. It's not as an excuse a reason anymore. or excuse. It's not. And especially now that we're older and we can see, 
like we're part of the political system. Mm-hmm. We're active voters and all of that stuff. So we yes. we doing our research. We know what's going on. Like, no, y'all got the money. Y'all just want to put it, it allocated differently, right? You want to put in the you want to put it in the random stuff. We why do we need a hundred million dollar police station in the why? city of Chicago? We we don't need. We don't need like, that. Like, ain't, nothing, ain't nothing wrong with our police stations. The ain't police nothing stations wrong with the police stations we have, but it is right. nothing wrong with these schools that we have. Exactly. And I, and I won't even put that on the current administration because I do feel like the current administration, they're trying at least a little bit. Yeah. Um, but Rom, city of Chicago speaking right now, Rom ass closed all them <laughs> damn schools and then tried to open up them charter schools like we want to Ma'am, ma'am. He tried it. <laughs> he did. <laughs> He and he it. thought that he was pulling something over people's eyes. He thought mm-hmm. that the majority was unaware, weren't knowledgeable about the situation. Nah, bro. We, we see what's going on. Yeah. We see the areas that are most affected, the populations of those schools and those neighborhoods that are most affected. Like, we see. We see. Baby, we I see recently going transferred on. my child. Exactly. I recently transferred my child from a charter school here in the city to a suburban, south suburban school. Okay. The curriculum, completely different. Yes, ma'am. The the art program that he had, completely different. Um, okay, so clearly, and mm-hmm. I, I feel like my son was in a great school when we were in the city, but now I feel like, damn, did I do him at a disservice leaving him there that long? Because <laughs> it's like- See, But that's, it's because that's what you had. Mm-hmm. He was in a great school in comparison to exactly. what your other options were exactly. in the city. Exactly. And then you step outside of the city, like, oh, oh, all of this opportunity. Exactly. And it's not ridiculously priced. Like, a lot of us tend to think if I want to send my kids to a school out in the South Suburbs or a different suburb or whatever, we can't afford that. And it's, it's not. Not, not true at all. Take it from Cubana, queen of a budget, honey. <laughs> it's not true. It's it is affordable. Very much. It definitely so is. You know, at the most, you you're inconveniencing yourself because the commute maybe or something commute, like that. And I'll be honest with you, I don't care because it's a Starbucks on the way. So that means I just, <laughs> you know, you go. make it work for yourself. And it's been a thing, right? That just has become a thing for me and my son. We get to get coffee and we just keep it moving. There you go. See, you make it work. Mm-hmm. But I do want to talk about you. Your so this year obviously was supposed to be the breakout year for for Katrina Valine. And you were supposed to you were supposed to come from that background. So how did you make the decision to be like, okay, I'm gonna write these songs and I'm gonna sing these songs, and not from the background? It was motivation and a whole lot of to be honest, peer pressure. Um, <laughs> I'm surrounded for by Dre and Rose. <laughs> From, from, yes, yes. But I'm surrounded by, I'm so blessed because I'm really surrounded by people that really believe in me and mm-hmm. have such a high level of faith in my ability. And they're like, Trina, no, you need to do this. You need to do yeah. this. You need to do this. And my fiance, once we got like serious, he like, no, I'm not, I'm not sitting next to you watch you not do this. Like you're going to do this. So that speaks down. And girl, listen. That's what he's And he didn't have no like new men put their foot down on something. Don't do do this. And listen though, he ain't had no problem going in his pockets and paying for nothing either. 
Because I'm real quick, listen, I'm real quick to be like, unless you paying for anything, I don't want to hear it. I want to hear it. You said it. Like, I'd be like, shut up. You paying for it. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> well, I mean, I said it like that. But the sake of the podcast, I'm going to make myself seem a little bit nicer. But with him, I didn't even have to say that. He knows, and my family knows well enough. Like, I'm very plain. I'm, I'm set in my ways, but I'm very simple. For example, I wear a lot of black, obviously. I wear mm-hmm. black all the time. It's my favorite color. My fiance will not complain about the fact that I wear black. He will just go buy me something that's not black. Like, baby, you're gonna look good in this. I can't be mad at that. So the Dang. second that he's like, I believe in you. I know that you can do this. He heard me sing seriously, like that first year that we were together or whatever. And he's just like, no, there's no reason why you shouldn't be at least trying. All you can do is try. And I, as far as writing, I'm a writer anyway, so to speak. Like I journal, I'm nerdy. I've girl, I be writing research papers and I'm not even in school. Like I, mean, I like to read. So how much I, I like gotta to pay you to write mine? <laughs> I'm in school. <laughs> <laughs> you can't do me there. You know, I might be able to help a little bit. But literally, <laughs> that's what I do. I've always just enjoyed writing. Mm-hmm. And I've never written songs. And he's like, well, why not? I don't know. So this year, uh, it was last year, towards the end of last year, we sat down like, this is how we going to do it. This is how we going to attack it. I'm budgeting everything, whatever, whatever. Um, so like I said, January-ish, I'd already been writing in 2019. January-ish, I got into the studio, got a little bit of stuff recorded. February, I didn't do anything in February. And then, of course, everything shut down in March. Right. And when when the shutdown initially happened, girl, I was paranoid as hell. I'm like, Mm-mm, I'm not going nowhere. Don't nobody touch me, talk to yeah. me, nothing. No. So I I had no problem shutting it all down. Like, I'm at home. Girl, we are completely um, opposite. Really? <laughs> so, when it first happened, okay, so just, just for the timeline of, of my listeners, right? Okay, so here in Chicago, when we first started hearing about COVID, it was about a week after All-Star. All-Star right. Weekend was in Chicago. It just so right. happened to also be my son's birthday weekend. So All-Star Weekend, we was late. We was mm-hmm. everywhere. We was at Navy Pier for the All-Star festivities. We was at after parties. We were, Like my son had a ball. We had a ball. It was stuff for him to do, stuff for me to do, stuff for me and my guy to do, stuff for me and my friends to do. Like I was everywhere. And then, like you said, come March, one of my really good friends, it's her birthday. And then a few <coughs> weeks later, um, literally like two weeks later, it's my boyfriend's birthday. And then two weeks after that, it's my birthday. Oh, come so on now. That's how it goes, right? And so me and her are planning, okay, we're going to go here for brunch. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. Mm-hmm. And we making reservations. We're putting down deposits. Oh, they talk about COVID. They said it's like the flu. We good. <laughs> the hell, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> then restaurants start calling us and refunding yeah. our deposits. And we were mm-hmm. like... It's real, girl. It's like, real. with so, so then I call her and I was like, yo, I think this shit might be serious. Like, yeah. I think that COVID might be like something we should be concerned about. And then my job, and I work in um, work in low-income housing. My mm-hmm. job shut down the office. My job don't never shut down the office. Mm-hmm. If it's not a holiday, we got to go eat. It's yeah. a snowstorm. They don't care. 
Yes, so that's how I'm you know like, it was real. Oh, this is serious. So I didn't go yes. anywhere. I had my groceries delivered and Girl, yes. all of that stuff. I was like, I was complete opposite of everybody else. I'm like, oh, the trains are empty. This is great. I can Girl. get to work. <laughs> <laughs> no, ma'am. You oh. right. We was the exact opposite. Uh, I'm hearing how serious it is. Mm-hmm. I, my baby, she is only two, so I'm still relatively new to this mother yeah. thing. So I'm super mama bear. Like, yeah. no, I ain't trying to get my baby exposed to nothing. Yeah. Shut it down. It's shut down. We are in the house. Mm-hmm. My fiance is an essential worker. He uh, he works in HVAC. And um, so he's still yeah, having he's a definitely going. Right, work. he's still out here working. I'm he come in the house. He like and baby daddy down. Like, <laughs> go get in the shower before you pick up your baby. No. Yes. Like, so when, between like March and June-ish, I'm not, uh, no, I don't care. Recording. What do, I don't care nothing about no recording. Who, who recorded the studio I'm going in that I trust enough to be like, okay, I'm going to get this close up on yeah. the mic and mm-hmm. I'm going to touch this and touch that. Like, no. Mm-mm, no, I'm with but you on that. By the time you know summer, you got to see really the effects of COVID and yeah. how to kind of navigate the world through it and stuff like that. So about August, September, again, my fiance, he's still not hearing no excuses. He's not like, oh, COVID is fine. You ain't got to do nothing because I've been making excuses <laughs> for years. Like I, the world is not over. You right. can still do this. So I'm like, okay, cool. And so actually, I went into the studio two more times. I went into the studio in August. Mm-hmm. And then I went into the studio the day before my birthday. So my birthday gift to myself and from him was we actually did a live recording session. So we went to this really nice recording studio, Rax Tracks up north in Chicago. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a whole film crew. Yeah. I had a uh, guitarist and a pianist, all insanely talented people, come so I could record. We could get it on film and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And so the goal is that all of that COVID did come back into the picture for a second because, you know, the city shut down again. Yeah. So there were like literally girls like three, four minutes worth of vocal edits that I need to do. But the studio is shut down. Yeah. And so whenever they open back up, I'll go back in, do my vocal edit, and hopefully be able to drop that in yes. January, February, something like that. So it ain't no more excuses. I'm with fiance, it's baby not- daddy. <laughs> it, it's it's not no excuses. You gotta you gotta at this point it's like you gotta go in the shower and close the door and just Ma'am listen. because listen. I don't understand. Like it's it's no excuses. It it really isn't. And then with my reflective reflective family as well, Dre wrote two G in particular. Two G be on my ass like Trina. Stop playing. Get on it. I know yeah. you could kill it. I know you could do it. And it's not to make me my own artist per se, mm-hmm. but it's it's just a couple of things. So first of all, which your listeners cannot see, I'm tall as hell. And one thing that's interesting about me wanting to be a background singer is I stand out. I can't go unnoticed like y'all, it's, she it's is impossible. tall as hell like, <laughs> i'm gonna give y'all context um i am five six and a half don't forget my half uh, <laughs> <laughs> can't forget my half 
So I am five, six and a half. And on a good day, depending on who measures me, they'll give me my five, seven. No. <laughs> I don't consider myself short. But standing next to Trina, okay, <laughs> I felt, I'm like, well, damn, how tall is Trina? Like, yeah. So I'm six three. I'm six three, flat foot. And then yeah. when we were when we had our photo shoot, we all had on heels. So I'm in there like six seven. Yeah. And in heels. Baby, and depending and she, on she's six seven in heels and stacks. <laughs> baby is bomb. Okay. Like And so imagine you going to a show and the spotlight is on the main artist but you can't help but see this like six six girl standing back there like <laughs> who was that like oh she's a yeah. background singer so i used to get that anyway like you can't stay back there yeah and as, as much as you want to and you have to still find your own voice mm -hmm. that's what i'm really getting encouraged to do find your own voice get comfortable with your own voice learn what you can do by yourself yeah. showcase your own voice so that that can create other opportunities because right now people only hear me on reflective stuff which is I'm, again i'm perfectly fine with it yeah but in order to create more opportunities for myself people be, need to be able to hear just my voice and be like oh she would sound good on this or with this person or whatever mm -hmm. so absolutely it's it's a couple of things happening where people just like no, you can't just stay hiding in the shadows. You can't. That's over with, Katrina. I hope you enjoy it. <laughs> I, but that's I no did. more. I do. I do. <laughs> I'm, such a, I'm such a supportive person. Like, I love singing background for Ashley Lachelle. I love it. Like, yeah. Ashley is such a talent on her own. And being able to say, like, yes, I was singing on the side of her. Yes, I was able to support. I love that. Yeah. But... I, I don't necessarily have to say that. Yeah, you don't. And yeah. and with this group of with this group of talent and with this group of talent behind the scenes, mm -hmm. um, people like Dre and Ro and yeah. Moore, those people aren't going to allow someone as talented as you to ever just stay there. It was mm -hmm. nice for you to start there. Yeah. But to exactly. stay there, nah, you good. <laughs> Come you here, let me, right. let me and everybody you like you said, everybody even in the background, mm -hmm. so to speak, is so talented that it's not good enough to just stay back there. Like, no, nah. everybody gonna have the opportunity to be pushed towards the front, let you shine. You need to do this, you need to do it. And so I'm like, all right, I guess. Cause I ain't gonna lie, I was using my baby for excuses. So I'm like, oh, you baby, I ain't got time with him. Like, no, nah, ain't nobody trying Meanwhile, to Meanwhile, Ty ass like 1900 months <laughs> Like, girl, you making me look bad. I'm trying to use my baby as an excuse to out here working her ass off pregnant. Like, oh, don't sit down. You making me look bad. Stop yeah. it. <laughs> girl, I love it. I want to thank you so much for coming on. No, thank you so much for having me. It has been more than a pleasure. So I can't wait for my listeners to be able to hear some stuff from you. It's That's going to be so yeah. dope. So y'all look forward to her stuff in the coming months. Yes, so Katrina, if they want to follow you and follow your journey on things, how can they reach you? Um, so my favorite platform is Instagram. It's at Katrina Valene, K-A-T-R-I-N-A-V-A-L-E-N-E, which is my given middle name. Um, also, I have a Facebook page. I'm not even going to lie. I'm not that active on it. 
but <laughs> the plan is to actually start using it a little bit more. Um, but yeah, mostly Katrina Valina on Instagram. If you want to contact me, katrinavalina at gmail.com. Yes. So if you are listening to this on your favorite podcast, um, listening site, all of her information is in the description box below. And you on YouTube, if you're watching this, you already know how to get the information. Just click that little arrow next to the description and it's going to drop down and give you everything. So there once again, Miss Katrina Valine, thank you so much for coming and thank blessing you, us with your presence. You. Yes. So y'all stay tuned and I'll be right back. Woo child. It ain't nothing like a good online boutique. And I'm going to give y'all a little secret. One of the best ones out there is a Leo Rose Boutique. Look, go to LeoRoseBoutique.com, child. I'm going to tell you why. She got everything. She got shades, earrings, lip gloss, t-shirt, dresses, biker shorts. Baby, she got it all. Look, I'm the shade queen, honey. And sometimes I got to switch out these prescription glasses and put on my shades so I can catch all the shade that might be thrown at me. And then I also make sure I wear my rose hip oil from Aaliyah Rose Boutique. Has my lips feeling smooth, soft, and kissable, okay? Look, go ahead and check out this boutique. Baby, I promise you won't be disappointed. Make sure you tell them, Cubana sent you. Mwah. Long, busy, tiring workday. There's nothing more important to me than taking a long, hot bath. Accompanied with my Green Garden Source vegan, handmade, natural skincare and energy care product. One of my favorites, actually, to have in my bath with my bubbles is my Pink Coconut Bath Bomb by Green Garden Source. I just love how it makes my bathroom smell and feel like an island oasis. It makes me really feel like I'm on vacation. I love it. But then when I get out, there is nothing like lathering up with this bomb pineapple shea butter. You want to feel like you're in an island oasis? Go ahead and check out Green Garden Source on Instagram or on Facebook. You can also get their products at Etsy.com. Just search Green Garden Source. Make sure you tell them Cubana sent you. What's up, y'all? And welcome back. Shout out to Trina for coming through the show and giving us a little tidbit and sneak peek of what potentially is coming up for her. Okay. Now, before we get into them hot topics, you already know what time it is. It's time for the What's in the Cubana Kiss Mug. Now, y'all, in my Tumblr tonight, okay, I have me. Just a little deli on tequila. And by a little, I mean half a cup. But who gonna judge me? Not you. <laughs> so I got some deli on in my cup. I love deli on tequila. It's smooth. It does not give me a hangover. It's perfect. And it went perfect with my lemonade. That's it. A little fake makeshift margarita. I really needed some lime juice. I ain't had that. So that's what's in the Cubana Kiss mug. If you want to get this mug or any other Cubana Kiss merch, make sure you hit the link below to my link tree so you can get your Cubana Kiss merch. Alright? Now let's get into these hot topics. And I'm just gonna jump right on in cause baby <laughs> it's a few things that's going on in the industry and I don't even know where to start but I do know where to start actually. I'm gonna start with this whole T.I. Tiny um whatever this lady name is who spread out? Listen, y'all, it's some full love real. Okay, so let me get it right. Let me get the facts 
mm, together. Okay, so there's this whole situation with T.I. and Tiny and um, their former friend, Sabrina, and by former, I mean former, like they ain't cool no more. Apparently, according to Sabrina, T.I. had held a gun to her head in front of the kids. That's what she said. So, she said that, uh, Sabrina, Sabrina Peterson, she said that T.I. put a gun to her head then she claims, now she's claiming, now she's claiming that multiple women reached out to her telling her stories of alleged sexual abuse by T.I. It was a high fool mess. A video got leaked. Here go the video, the snippet of the girl pretty much saying what used to happen um, and what's going on. And all, so like the other five, he put in my mouth. And I can remember telling him, I was like, no. I can't tell it. Like, I was so high out of it. I'm like, uh-uh, just like this. I'm like, uh-uh, <laughs> I can't do no more. He was like, shh, be quiet and pop. Whoop, child. Talk about some full ring. Now, of course, as these sexual allegations come up, this is like, this is a scandal, child. T.I. and Tiny are finally addressing the matter. They really hadn't addressed it too much. Like, T Tiny had made a post pretty much saying, like, you want your kids to be mentored by somebody who held a gun to your head. So she pretty much like, what the fuck is you talking about? Like, keep my husband ain't at your mouth for so many words. She was kind of like, your story didn't change a couple times. She's like, so did the story change or did your mind change? Like, Tiny kind of went in. Now, they are responding or their, their, um, their crew have, their spokesperson has responded saying... Mr. and Mrs. Harris want to be on record and more importantly want the public to know they emphatically deny the strongest way possible the outrageously appalling allegations being made against them by Sabrina Peterson. It goes on to say that T.I. and Tiny have had problems with Sabrina for many years and they actually are tired of it. The Harrises have had a has ha have had difficulty with this woman for well over a decade. They are taking this matter very seriously. But if these allegations don't end, they will take the appropriate legal action. First of all, I think T.I. wrote this child. Because that's just what that is. But also, I, I don't know. This don't sound... Okay, Sabrina sounds foolish. You know, she had made some statements before. And she kind of was like, you know... Um, truth is, you know, Clifford held a gun to my head. Truth is, this, this, and the other. Like, and she was like, truth is, I could have went to the police, but I didn't. Why didn't you? And so I'm gonna say it right now. Somebody hold a gun to keep on a kiss head? Baby, you want to jail, okay? You, you better have used the dick. You better have used the dick. That's it. That's all I have to say. That's all I got to say about this tiny T.I. and Sabrina if you have not been following stocks because I don't follow stocks I'm gonna give you a little insight on what's going on currently okay okay so this is what's going on there is some drama between Robinhood which is a stock app for the average American Joe to be able to trade stocks um, with using, you know, little money or actually just like either little money or coins pretty much on a dollar. And it helps you learn your stocks. 
This is that's what Robinhood is. It's an app, okay? Now, the drama is that GameStop stocks skyrocketed per share. It went from being like $34 per share per GameStop to like $400 per share per GameStop. The reason this happened is because a group of millennials um, on the Wall Street Bets Reddit page, they came together to purchase GameStop stock. And they, what they wanted to do was they wanted to buy up the price um, in what's known as a short squeeze. Which, stay with me y'all, which means it hurts the hedge funds and the capital firms shorting the stock. Who basically, this is what this means. This basically means that they bet against a certain business since they believe it's on the decline. So as we all know, GameStop is definitely on a decline. Mainly because we are in a digital age. Okay, it's, it's similar to what happened to Blockbuster. They just couldn't keep up with the Netflixes and all of the stuff. And we're able to stream movies and all of that stuff. So all of that has happened. And so now, those same billionaires, are they, they were pulling their money out and kind of just making sure that GameStop decline quicker and the people on reddit was like actually if we buy the stock it'll cause the price of stocks to go up and it'll cause these billionaires to lose money but we'll make money so that's how that happened okay so i stand corrected the game stock game stock stocks price was at 20 dollars per share and it shot up to 347 dollars per share on the 27th of january so now it's like what the hell is going on they also did this with stocks like amc now we all know the theater stocks have been going down drastically amc they've been attempting to keep up you know renovating their theaters adding alcoholic beverages things to get us into the theater and you know it's, it's working but it's not working it's still not helping their stocks so stuff like that happened y'all people going crazy what Robin Hood did was they put out this pretty this tweet and it pretty much said, in light of current market volatility, we are restricting transactions for certain securities to position closing, including AMC and GameStop. So what this means is that no one else could buy stock. If you hadn't bought stock, you weren't gonna be able to buy stock. And you couldn't you couldn't sell out your stock. Like you couldn't get the money from the stock. Baby, Jaro, Jaro went clean in about it. Okay. Now, you know, Jaro, he got his little money and all kinds of stuff. He had that fool, foolish ass, um, what, what else, y'all? He had the foolish, um, little concert, outdoor concert that just never happened. He had all that shit going on. He tweeted, this is what he tweeted. Yo, this is a fucking crime. What at Robinhood app is doing, do not sell. Hold the line. What the fuck? They hedge fund got shorted these stocks. The hedge fund got shorted these stocks. Now we can't buy them. People start selling early out of fear. We lose money. They make money on the short. This is a fucking crime. So pretty much he's speaking to what I, what I just discussed with you is if we purchase the stock, those people who bet against GameStop for the stocks to decline, we make them lose money as we're making money. He's telling people do not sell, stick with it. We that's what he's trying to tell people. He's saying what Robin Hood is doing is, is illegal. It the problem here is right, 
the billionaires got together to make sure that the that the GameStop and AMC and other companies that were already on the decline made sure that their stocks value fell. And Robinhood didn't stop people from purchasing stock with them. Robinhood didn't stop them from you know doing this what they call a short. Now people are saying now that it's the average Joe, you're changing the rules in the middle of the game. Listen, Robinhood and other apps, Acorn and all those other apps, y'all better get it the fuck together because if you're gonna allow the billionaires one set of rules and us another set of rules, what in this day and age, that ain't the way to go. Y'all best to fit. Y'all best to figure it out. Okay? So that's it. And that's my knowledge of what the fuck is going on. Because I'm telling y'all real truth. I have absolutely no idea what the hell stocks. Like how they operate the educational aspect behind it. It's very much so difficult for me to comprehend. And that's just that. And I ain't I ain't got no money in no goddamn stocks. I probably should, but I don't because I don't understand it. Whoocha! Wendy Williams. So if you don't know, Wendy Williams has a documentary and a um, like a, like a biopic or whatever coming out, or it's it's already out. I'm sorry, it's already out on Lifetime, baby. In this documentary, Wendy says she had a one night stand with Method Man. Now, here are some pictures, and if you're watching this on YouTube, you can see it. Here are some pictures of what Wendy used to look like before she started getting all them stupid ass surgeries. Wendy used to be cute. So the fact that Method Man potentially had this one night stand with her is just kind of like whatever. Baby, well, of course 50 Cent got something to say. Why 50 Cent always got something to say? He always got something to say. He had something to say, y'all. He was like, the fuck kind of weed made you that blood? Oh no, what the hell fuck going on? Why is he like this? Why is he like this? Why is 50 Cent like this? Gee, he funny as hell to me, but it just is what it is. I don't understand it either. I also don't understand why it felt like she felt like that was relevant at this time. But whatever. Um, I just find it odd that like, you know, she, she had a lot going on in my personal opinion. Her mom just passed away. She was feuding with Wendy Williams, was feuding with her brother on Instagram. Like, it just was too much. It's just, just too much. It's it's just too much. Okay. Y'all, I told y'all it's been crazy. Woo child. Woo child is appropriate for all of today's high topics, okay? Listen, I'm not sure if anybody else watched the Love and Hip Hop Unlocked. Now, on Love and Hip Hop Unlocked, it was just the couples of Love and Hip Hop, and then it was um, Shay and Richie Dollars, which didn't make no fucking sense because they not couples, but everybody else was couples. It was just weird. But anyway, go. They did this little thing. They just kind of like did a recap of, you know, stuff that has happened through love and hip-hop history. Both New York, Atlanta, LA. It was kind of dope. It was kind of dope. Now, on that episode, Erica Mina decided that she was going to tell everyone why her husband, Safari, doesn't want any more kids. So, according to Erica, she don't want, he don't want, okay. According to Erica Mina, Safari doesn't want any more kids because she got too big during pregnancy. She went on to say like, he was saying that she got too big, he got too big, he don't want to be fat, and he don't want to go through another pregnancy. People lighten Safari up for this, right? Like, she's carrying your child, 
Blah, blah, blah. He got a video of what she said. Okay, Erica, what's going on up there with you and Safari? Somebody want to have some more babies and somebody don't? She said, how can I look at this baby and not want another one? But tell him why you don't want another one. Because I got too big for, during my pregnancy. No, I didn't tell say that. Tell him. Yeah, Bad see, all. first of all, Thank I never you. said that. That's not right, Safari. Thank see, you. Oh, my. Yo, she's making this up. Yo, you woman almost dies giving birth. You mentioned my stomach afterwards. Oh, wow. I didn't say she got too big. I yes, just said. Yes, you did. You said you got too big, I got too big. I don't want to be fat again. That's what you said. Safari. So, so no, I didn't say that. I just said You the should whole apologize, especially on camera, man. And it's stressful. Well, chat, I'm going to tell you this much. You're, as a woman, and especially during pregnancy, your body changes in ways that you never, ever thought your body would change. From the stretch marks, from the random cravings, the weight gain, the gas, all the stuff that you have to deal with while you're pregnant, nigga, this your baby, and you talking mad cash shit about me carrying your baby and about my weight that I've gained carrying your child? That is disgusting to me. However, I am not surprised by Safari's comments. In the past, Safari has said things and done things that have been so immature to me that I just ain't even got time. Like even him posting like I'm single after an argument that him and Erica had. Like you're fucking married, bro. It's you, he need to grow up. He really disgusts me. And I just can't even with him. Like disgusts me. Y'all. And then I do want to just reel it in just a little bit. And I want to end with us um, just giving a moment of silence for Miss Cicely Tyson, who passed away this past Thursday um, at the beautiful age of 96 years old. Mama lived life, okay? If she didn't do nothing else, she lived life. And she made it where there are so many beautiful actresses actresses and actors that came after her she is definitely the epitome of a queen and so i do want to offer my condolences to the family of cicely tyson and those who worked so closely with her people like tyler perry and viola davis um who have shared their emotions oprah who have shared their emotions with her about you know about her and what she meant to them and how she inspired them so i do want to leave um, with this, with this clip of Mrs. Lee Tyson in all her glory, okay? If you're listening to this on YouTube, you already know what to do. Make sure you hit that like for your girl. Make sure you hit that notification bell so you don't miss anything I got going on. Um, and make sure you share, okay? Like, comment, share, all that shit. Make sure you follow your girl at Cubana Kiss on everything. I'm on everything, and I'll be there waiting for you. I'm going to leave you with Mrs. Lee Tyson. Mwah. Hey, queen. <laughs> Girl, you've done it again. Constantly raising the bar for all of us and doing it flawlessly. Well, you've come to learn that all that I have learned, one thing remains the same. And that is, being true to yourself is the key. Knowing your roots and where you come from is also key. Keep that with you always. 
and always remain graceful even when you fall. Huh. There's a sweet justice in knowing that the path you are on was designed for you and your love. The gift, the gift it was.